0: To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Ah. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Ah. What a weekend. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. Richard Cross will be here. Whenever he shows up, I guess is is when he'll be here. I just I just need to know something. If
3: someone from Super Talk, if the HR department is listening, I, I just want to know that we we have now established it's okay to be late to work for leisure activities. Is that what we've established here today? You know, because I like to play video games. I do. Too. I just show, I, I gotta I'll be playing. I'll be playing video games till four. I'll be in at four though.
4: Just mosey on in here, fire off some like nothing happened. Get on out. (laughs) Hey guys, leave them wanting more. (laughs) Just walk in here. Hey, Ole Miss lost another series again, and then just walk on out. I'm out.
3: Like the dealer at blackjack, just clap my hands and walk away. (laughs) He's playing My golf. My Twitter is right? open for he's tips. Doing? He's on the
4: golf course. He's playing golf. He's, playing he's golf late right
3: because he's now he's part of some like big to do that he is a, a part of that you know is bringing a lot of oh, great wait, publicity, wait 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 sure. Richard
4: Cross is, is part it? of a big to do. No way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he doesn't do little to dos. No, but I'm just saying. Like I'm sure Super Talk is benefiting from his uh, his presence there. But I could I can find things I could find <laughs> things that would benefit. I can I, I can put I can make myself available for bowling, uh, darts, <laughs> things of that nature. You hey,
4: know. clients love discussing business over a few beers. Uh, I mean, just you know, afternoon beers. <gasps> <What? laughs>
3: Twist my arm.
4: <laughs> Why were you late? I was getting hammered. Yeah. Don't worry, I sold the <laughs> ad though. Yeah, it was with the sponsor. Well, they they might sponsor. They they're still on the fence. But man, we had uh, we had good. We group, had a good too. time. Yeah, yeah. So he'll yeah. be here. I, I don't is he is he he's going to be here right like with me here.
3: I think yeah he's in Jackson he's he's coming to you you, know, you have him in studio
4: oh lovely great
3: straight off the golf course It's a good thing it's not hot today You stink up the joint I know it's sweaty it's, gosh
4: it's beautiful today isn't it uh, just fantastic outside I'm in, wearing shorts in, in Mississippi and you know he's showing off
3: my legs today
4: on, on a Monday at three oh eight he still has yet to show up to work.
3: I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying that I just want it written down. I want a, you know, a, a policy in place. I'm, a, I'm, I am a big fan of employee handbooks and policies, so that you know, it, when we have an issue, we can always, revo- or, you know, recall. Here's what it says in the handbook about this situation that you signed. You know, I can't tell you how many people through the years I fired at Papa John's by, by with that line right there. Like it's right here in this handbook agreement that you signed that you read the handbook. Whether you did or not is not, you signed it. Yeah, you claimed you did. And now you're gone.
4: Time to go. There's a South Park episode about reading the Apple uh, terms. (laughs) 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 I know
3: exactly the one. This says we can keep you forever.
4: (laughs) That's me. Cuttlefish and asparagus. I have never read Terms and Conditions. Ever. They could do anything. Anything.
3: It's never happened. They can do anything they want. If they showed up at my house tomorrow and they're like, we get to harvest your liver, I'd be like, well, I guess I signed it. So
4: I got a credit card kind of recently. And I didn't, I mean, they could say that my, my interest rate is 7,000%. And I wouldn't know it. <laughs> it just
3: yeah, I didn't know. Get that first bill in, you're like, wait a minute, all I did was charge lunch. Why do I owe them $800,000? Adam no.
4: says Betty's listening to you guys on his way and laughing his butt off. No, he's probably if he's listening, he's mad because he's on
3: like. First off, he's on the fifteenth. Right, he's not listening <laughs> to anything. He's he's still he's still mid round. Now somebody might tell him those guys were ripping on you. What's he gonna say? They're right.
5: Yeah. Uh, What's he gonna
3: say? He's he's not here because he's playing golf.
4: <laughs> there there are people that do snitch on us, and we know you do. Those of you out there listening that snitch on us, we
3: know That's you right. do it.
4: Richard has his minions. That inspires
5: the us The crossheads.
3: Yeah. The crossheads are no match, though, for the, uh, the hate ad maniacs. And we we got to come up with one for yours. Oh,
4: well, I don't have any. I just have mostly Southern well, well, Miss fans angry. People on in my the Bork- mentions.
3: people people on the Borky bus. That's what yeah. we're calling it right now. Speaking, that's of a working S- title. We might improve yeah.
4: it. Speaking of Southern Miss, huge, huge series win. Uh, especially when you look at yeah. the Sunbelt Belt standings, uh, that was a big one. That that is going to prove big if they keep playing this well later. S-
3: Southern's like a, a, a stone rolling downhill. Right, the second they're they're picking up momentum.
4: Yeah, and uh, Tanner Hall will ask. Coach Scott Barry hearing a little bit about him, but Tanner Hall is uh, pitching like an All-American. Not like an All-Sunbelt guy. He He's should. pitching like an All-American. And, um,
5: yeah.
4: I mean, just two back-to-back big-time performances from him. So you get a series win there. Mississippi State goes on the road as well, and they get a series win. Uh, needed oh, it badly. Also got run-ruled, but needed that series win badly take what you can take get what yeah. you can this get point with hey, Mississippi State they are playing better baseball not consistently they better are. but they are better than they were four weeks ago
3: there's no question about that they are playing better but they're not to the point where you can say they're playing well yet if that makes sense yeah like they've gone from F to C let's see if we can get them up to a B or an a let's see what happens you know this weekend the loser of the series this weekend is not going to Hoover done simple as that Whoever walks out of that series losing it is not going to Hoover, Alabama.
4: You you can stick a fork in whoever because they will be. I mean, basically mathematically eliminated. Yeah, the the math isn't yeah. on either one of their sides right now. Obviously, more so on state side than Ole Miss because yeah. they have an additional win. And yeah, know, Ole
3: Miss wouldn't be safe even with a series win. No. I mean, they'd be four and twelve, right? Or four and uh, eleven. True. And state would be four and eleven as well. Jeez.
4: that's uh. Not ideal. We got a, a message. No. David said, let's start 150 teams in 150 days. No more baseball. We'd have to dip down into the days? FCS. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. We can't be. Hold on. It can't be. It can't be right. Well, wait. Doesn't I, I'm 100 look. teams start during the SEC baseball tournament? We might not be too far off.
3: We're looking for the Saturday before Labor Day, right? Right.
4: So the first real the, the, we
3: we don't, we don't look because we don't look at... Uh, at week zero. Right. So that's going to be September the 2nd. How many days until September? This is riveting. Here Love we go. It. It's 145 days. Wow, we're, already we're
4: inside of 150. That's <laughs> nice. I like it. I don't think we The we'll Easter Bunny with a late gift. Yeah. That
3: revelation.
4: I don't right think there. we're going to do 150 teams in 150 days uh, because we would have to throw in some FCS teams. We would have to, like... Talk about Mercer, and, and that's just you know. I mean, I'll be totally honest. I would be down to talk about Mercer. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bears, to to hey Mercer's fun. got some pretty sick uniforms. Yeah, that's about all I know it. about Mercer. Is uh, they, they've got a good hit the, color uh, who, is, who
3: is states? Uh, I forget who states it? FCS. It's uh, Southeast Louisiana. SIWA. They got yeah. And Ole Miss has Mercer, right? right? That's why we. That's why they're on the brain. And we could add those and too. The Southern plays Allcorn, right? We could definitely get all three SWAC teams in this state.
4: Maybe, maybe we should.
3: Yeah, we just do the whole SWAC. That's like fifteen teams. Yeah.
4: So Southern Miss, big, big, very important win. We'll uh, talk to Scott Berry here uh, shortly in about six minutes about that, how he feels about his team. I, I've got a very dumb question for him. That uh, I'm excited to hear his answer about. So we'll talk to Scott Barry, uh, Chris Almonte, and Mike Bianco as scheduled every Monday. We'll talk some Masters. Hey, good pick, by the way.
3: Well, you know, when you are the on this show, the golf expert, the renowned golf expert that I am, that you know, you got to come
4: through with those kind of things. Neither Richard nor myself mentioned that the second best player in the world should win the Masters. <laughs> you know, when he asked, "Who do you think's going to win?" I didn't say Rom, and he didn't say Rom. And with the win, he's I up to him. world number one.
5: I and
4: I, man, I like
3: the Spanish. What can I say? My buddy Robert St. John is over in uh, Spain right now, so I got Spain on the brain.
4: His, so John Rom's got a mental coach. Golf is ninety percent mental. Have, have you noticed how unathletic some of Half these guys of it are? Is for sure. It's a very mental game. He's got a mental coach, and I believe they said that his mental coach is a former bomb diffuser. A former military bomb diffuser. There's no stressing out that guy. Yes.
3: Imagine golf stressing out that guy.
4: I mean, seriously. (laughs) It's the
3: easiest thing ever.
4: I mean, what a great coach to have, but he looked like he has the mental coach that is a former bomb diffuser. I mean, just... Just so steady. Locked in. And the the pressure on the back nine on Sunday at the Masters with the slim lead when all these guys are surging and you hear the roars through the pines and he just hits quality shot after quality shot after quality shot. There was no fluke in John Rahm's win for sure. So we'll talk about that. We'll do winners and losers. we got a college football fix that is going to make you say, thank the football gods my team plays in the SEC. If you're an Ole Miss and State fan out there listening – Because one of your Power 5 brethren, colleagues, whatever you want to call them, is in a bad, bad way right now. Bad, bad, bad way. So we'll tell you what that is also to start the 5 o'clock hour. But Scott Berry going to join us next after a big series win all the way up in Virginia at Old Dominion. We'll talk about that with him when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi, minus Richard because he's playing golf today, in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Michael Borke and Brian Hadad with you. Richard will be joining us at some point during the show, but for right now, it's the two of us plus one more on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Southern Miss Head Baseball coach Scott Berry joining us right now. And, and coach, real quick, uh, uh, flight home from Virginia go okay this weekend?
6: Well, not as, uh, not like we would want it to. We got to spend the night, uh, first time in my career where we messed the connection, and uh, we got to spend the night in the Charlotte. Airport, so that was a a little different, but I got to check that box as things uh in my career that I was able to do, so I don't want to do it anymore.
4: I'm sure when you were an up and coming coach, <laughs> sleep in the Charlotte airport was on that list of accomplishments that that you wanted. To. <laughs>
6: Well, you know, at that time, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised by it in, in, as a youngster, but as I got, had gotten older, I'd, I'd hoped that I'd eluded any kind of those detours and and travels home. But, uh, but we, we made it. That's fine. We got back yesterday about 1230 here to, to our complex. So, uh, you know, grateful to be back home on Easter Sunday.
4: Well, we, uh, we're glad you are, uh, are home safe after a, a big series win. So, so let's start with, uh, your game one pitcher. and. In- I hate when people ask a question this way, when they say, hey, coach, this player played well. How important is it for that player to play well? I hate those questions, and I'm going to ask you in that way anyway. How big is it to, to start a series with a guy like him with the way he's pitched, especially lately?
6: Well, you know, I think everybody's got that Friday night guy. Obviously, it's their best if they can run out there. And, and Old Dominion had one too, uh, Michael kid named Blake Morgan, who last year actually beat us here at at the Pete against Tanner Hall, who we're going to get to. Um, you know, Tanner gave up a three run homer late in that game last year for for the Morgan, the true freshy freshman lefty. To, to, win that game. So it was a, it was a great matchup, great Friday, night, actually Thursday night on a shortened week, but you know, I would put my guy Tanner hall up against anybody. He's a true competitor. And he's got tremendous pitch ability and he just goes at you and fills up the zone. That's exactly what he did. He was able to cover seven and two thirds inning for us. And, and what, what is so important on game one of a three game series and keeping that bullpen fresh.
3: Coach, that's three weekends in a row now you've been able to get the, the series. I, I described your your team a minute ago as sort of that rock rolling downhill. You're, you're picking up momentum. Do you feel that way around the locker room that your guys are starting to think, okay, we're, we're starting to get going now?
5: Yeah,
6: I think so. And, you know, I try, I try not to read too much of that in there, Brian, honestly. I just take the performance that we just uh, just got through doing and, and hope that we build on it. You know, I think the first four four weeks of the season during that non-conference period where we're trying to play so perfect and do everything exactly right because that's what we had practiced to do ever since August but I think when you get 30 games in it and everybody is where they are right now, and you're just you know, you're just trying to win a baseball game any way you can. And, and certainly we, it seems like that we have been able to do that of late, uh, in different ways. Maybe it's with the pitching and, and throughout the game, or maybe it's the offensive surge there late in the game. But, you know, I think, uh, coming off this past weekend and the way that we really competed, I liked, I like that. I thought that even the game that we got beat, uh, the second game of the series, you know, we uh, we really fought to the end, and I felt good about it going into Game
3: Three. And now you've got a, a big midweek game on top of of the series this weekend with Alabama. You get to go to Alabama. They're ranked they're they're twenty two in the RPI right this second. This is a, a big opportunity for your team to put a, a nice statement on their resume. Are you excited for the challenge of going over there to play another SEC team?
6: I am. You know, I think it's any game, though. It's it. This one, obviously, just what you alluded to, has has some some things in it that are really important uh, in in building that resume. But I think we you know we can't get caught up in that. That can't motivate us one way or the other to whether we play hard or harder than what we're used to playing. I just want us to go out there and, and consistently play good baseball at this point in our season. And and Alabama's the next game and next opportunity that we have, and and certainly it's a it's a really big challenge that's on the road against a team that's played pretty well. They lost the series to State this, this weekend, but you know they've been playing pretty good consistent baseball throughout the year, so I'm anxious to see how our guys go out
5: and perform.
4: Scott Berry joining us in the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Coach, uh, of course we, we always appreciate your time, uh, especially uh, this time of year where conference play is heating up. I, I know that – You guys, especially with your players, don't want to look at conference standings. But where you sit right now, you've got a series win over the team directly above you. And then the other two teams there, you have a chance later in the season to capitalize there. Do you find yourself ever really looking at that and saying, hey, if we take care of business, we've got a shot with Coastal, we've got a shot with Louisiana coming up, we just got to keep playing consistent baseball and our chances will be there. Do you find yourself looking at those at all?
6: I really don't. I mean, honestly, I don't. I just I look at the next opportunity, and that's the one that we need to totally commit on, um, in in all aspects of it, and and winning that game because that's you know obviously the most important game on the schedule. And I try to really emphasize that to our players: don't don't get ahead of yourself. you know, don't get caught up in the opponent. Don't get caught up in where you are. Just and learn to, to win the game and play the game in the way it, that you're supposed to play it that, that gives you the chance to win it. And Just try to really just take that simple approach.
4: And on that note, tomorrow, uh, do you have uh, your pitching plans finalized for that game in Tuscaloosa?
6: I do, but I don't know if uh, if Jack has released that yet. So I'm a little hesitant to to say anything right now because we were going to meet with the young man before before we okay. announced it, and so I don't really know. But we do have a plan, and and I'm sure it's going to involve several guys as well uh, with it as as we as we move for for this weekend against James Madison. And
4: speaking of that, of of pitching and and. Things of that nature moving forward, uh, is there something psychological that that you do with somebody like a Tanner Hall or your pitchers during the season? Is there any if somebody's on a hot streak? I guess is what I'm asking. Do you handle them differently than you usually do? Like how did how do you approach somebody that's pitching as well as him to to not maybe let him get too far into his head? And as the people used to say, reading his own press clippings. How do you handle a pitcher that's on a hot streak like this? Uh, pitching as well as he is, do you approach him differently?
6: No, just stay out of his way. You know, in all honesty, I think that, um, you know, we talk a lot about how the game will humble you and uh, to just, you know, learn to play even keel. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. You know, don't play this game on emotions. And because if you do, then, you know, you're just – you're going to be a mental wreck. Uh, you know, just learn to handle everything. The game's going to present itself with failures just like it is successes. So you just, uh, the best players that I've ever been able to be around and coach, or you wouldn't be able to walk in the park and, and know if they're 0 for 4 or, or or 4 for 4. I mean, you'd have no idea. They just learn to play the game at a, at a very even keel, and those are the guys that seem to play the game the best and play it for the longest.
3: Coach, this is your first season in the Sun Belt. You're four weekends in. Have you noticed any real difference between the the quality of play with with the Sun Belt versus Conference USA a season ago? Do you feel like you you have upped your program's sort of standing with being in the Sun Belt?
6: You know, that one's that's a really great question. One that I get answered a lot. Um, you know, I really thought that Conference USA was a very competitive conference. Uh, you know, I thought there was a lot of parity in in that league weekend to weekend and and I see that same thing here in 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 the sunbelt as we navigate our way through the first year I think there's a lot of parity there uh, there's very good talent uh, there's very good coaches everything seems to be very similar uh, you know, maybe after this first year I can answer that question a little better, having gone through the whole gauntlet of, of a season. But, you know, right now, uh, you know, I think it's it's good baseball as Conference USA has presented itself in the prior years.
4: Coach, congratulations on uh, another successful weekend. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you again next week.
6: All right, guys. Thank you very much.
4: That's Scott Berry joining us in the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with uh, the home team. Uh, just can't overstate how big that is. He doesn't look at the standings, but they do have those opportunities. He, uh, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, the two teams above them, that they don't already have a series win over on the schedule. So they're going to have the chance to, to win the Sun Belt this regular season, which when you look mm-hmm. at, you mentioned RPI earlier, when you look at the strength of this conference versus the one they just left, um, that mm-hmm. that's huge. Opportunities huge. looming.
3: And with this Alabama game, I mean, they have. You would look at their resume right now and think they're probably not going to host, but they have the opportunity. They have enough games coming up, and their schedule is strong enough that if they can win those games, they're going to be in the discussion. For you know, it, it'll be you know the fourteen, fifteen, sixteen seed kind of range, but they would definitely be in the discussion if they continue to win on the weekends.
4: So, uh, always appreciate coach. He's a uh... A class act. Uh, Not surprising. If you listen to this show long enough, it it doesn't surprise you at all. But he is uh, one of the good ones, uh, no doubt. So we appreciate him. We'll talk to Chris Limonis here in about 50 minutes. And Mike Bianco in about an hour in 50 minutes. Looking forward to those conversations as well. 601-879-4395 is the text line. you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you. 601-879-4395. We'll talk a little Masters. When we come back, I made an observation this weekend that apparently everybody else in the media made a different one. So I'll tell you what I mean when we come back.
0: Okay, let's go to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: One of my favorite things happen during the break. We have a husband and wife duo, sort of, that uh, text and listen to the show. Uh, Lance. Um, excuse me, Debbie's husband, J.C. in Ocean Springs. Debbie yeah. is is the one that cooks everything awesome. Yes, she does. That she sends us on Food Friday. So, lucky guy over here. Uh, sends us a picture of him going to the Masters. So we have a husband and wife duo that texts our show now. I love that and appreciate that. And I know you had a good time. Looks like you guys were having a good time. And uh, a good time it was. John Rom Wims seems like a really quality guy. I like John Rom. Uh, I, I think he's in, the way he plays is interesting. He's an interesting guy. He, in part, uh, learned English by listening to Eminem. Uh, he's from Spain. Went to college at Arizona State.
3: he <laughs> considered Arizona State very good.
4: Yeah, went to, went to Arizona State. Um, he just seems like a quality guy. He's a good champion. He's a great player. Obviously, world number one now. And we had great theater, and for a while there, there was like eight guys that were in contention, and yeah, the last three holes of the tournament were, were rather boring because Rom just took the, the the back nine, or the second nine, as they say in Augusta, by the horns and just wouldn't let go. For some reason, everything that I've consumed today, from people like us, not the smart golf people, but like the talking heads, they're obsessing over mm-hmm. live. Oh, this was this was great for live or bad for live or live, 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 and the broadcast didn't show Phil Mickelson enough. And I thought, okay, are you high? What what broadcast did you watch? But <laughs> uh, what I felt actually watching the golf, aside from whatever's written in USA Today about how it would be Augusta's worst nightmare if Kepka won, yeah, because that's what they're thinking. An independent entity, absent the PGA Tour really would be devastated that a guy that they invited, there's no qualifying for the Masters, there's getting invited, a guy that they invited, a polarizing young star winning their tournament is their worst nightmare? What are you talking about? There was nothing about the tournament, the play and the way the patrons acted, that was divisive in any way. It was just golf. That's all it was. But then I turn on national radio today, and it's, oh, I'm so glad that Rom won because the Live guys embarrassed themselves this weekend. I thought, why? How did you get that feeling out of the event? It would have been bad for the PGA Tour had Brooks dominated the Masters because they're trying to show that they've got the best players. And Rom is very pro-PGA Tour, very anti-Liv, and him winning is good for the Tour. But the Masters is not a PGA Tour event. Neither is the U.S. Open, or the Open, or the PGA Championship. There are people, I guess, that think that they are connected. Augusta National operates on its own. The Masters operates on its own. And for four days, we had compelling, interesting golf with big names, playing at a high level... The, the weather was a factor, it was interesting, and it had nothing to do with the two tours and Greg Norman being a bad guy. It, he wasn't even there. None of that was actually part of the product, and that's all anybody's talking about today. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I guess I watched a different tournament. There were no shots really taken by the broadcast. They were fair to everybody. Phil was heavily featured. Brooks was in the feature. Nance group. Lance
3: got the one shot in. Lance got the one shot in. Where he's like, he's on the CW, the crosswalk. Uh, <laughs> that was great.
4: It, only in only way that Jim Nance could, but it yeah. felt normal. That's all. It, it was just about that. And for some reason, I, I guess I'm the only one that that took that away. Phil looked a little uncomfortable. Well, he looked like he was expecting to be jeered and stuff, and and he wasn't. He looked a little out of place, but he played incredibly well. And the, the the patrons loved it. So
3: I, I think that the the biggest issue is this: headlines are what generate clicks, generate views, and a drumming up the PGA Live rivalry and drumming up you know the Live players somehow. Because think about it, if you if you're just a casual fan, you didn't you know you watch the last round, you sort of focus on the leaders, you didn't really pay that much attention and then i say wow the live guys they really acted out you're interested right well, what do they do i need to know and then you listen and then you find out they didn't really do anything but i've already what i always tell people like well i already got the click you know i don't care how long you you clicked on it i won so i think that says a lot of it is like they know that you know it's like search engine optimization there are just keywords there and if you put live and and pga and you know I don't know, bad behavior in, in the headline. People are going to click on that. People are going to yeah. want to read that. So, you know, we're just, so we, 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 we complain about it, but we, we're the reason it happens.
4: We get this message Phil is the biggest draw in golf. Almost zero, zero coverage of him in the first two rounds. That is just objectively false. Tiger Woods is the biggest draw in golf. And Tiger mm-hmm. Woods was on the course for those two rounds as well. He got the overwhelming majority of it because he's Tiger Woods. That's what dominated the conversation. Phil is absolutely not the biggest draw in the sport. Not, not anywhere remotely close. Tiger is is on a planet of his own. And Phil, over the last couple of years, has seen that that draw drop. I think he's on par with guys like Spieth and Rory. Now he's more polarizing than those two. But I mean, I saw Phil's shots in the first two rounds. I I don't... I'm confused. I don't know what people are talking about. They didn't show Phil. Yes, they did. But you had Brooks playing extremely well, and you had Tiger on the course. I saw more Brooks and more Tiger than Phil because one is Tiger and one was dominating. I saw more Victor Hovland because he was dominating there for a little while. We watch different feeds, I suppose. Especially yesterday... Phil was everywhere. He was one of the featured groups, so you could watch every shot of his if you wanted to. But on the actual broadcast, they showed everything. I I, I didn't notice. they, They showed Patrick Reed. Nobody likes Patrick Reed. I didn't sense at all any discrimination when it comes to who they showed and why. But no, Phil wasn't the story the first two rounds. Tiger was. And he made the cut. And then the weather got terrible and he couldn't continue. That's going to be the thing with Tiger moving forward. He he plays well enough to make cuts. The skill is there. But with the, the hills and the undulation of Augusta, paired with it being really cold and raining, if if it's great weather, he'll be able to play four rounds. That, that was just a unique circumstance uh, with him at Augusta this week. He would have finished. But the fact that he's on half a leg and he's still making cuts is rather remarkable, but I just I don't understand. People actually sit and walk, watch golf by the millions, by 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 the millions. Um, more people watched yesterday's round of the Masters. I, I'd be willing to bet than any Ole Miss or Mississippi State football game this past season. So yes, they do for whatever that's worth to you. Yes, did you, yes. Did you check it out 100%. at all? I watched a
3: little bit of the final round and I watched, you know, this here and there. You know, especially when I realized that the guy I said was gonna win was gonna win. I was like, I might need to watch a few holes here. Yeah.
5: They
3: they might wanna they want to get my I want to get my thoughts on the show of his approach and you know what he was doing out there, what worked for him. He was hitting golf shots, that's what he was
4: doing. Yeah. We get one message that was uh the best one of the best masters I've seen. It, it was super interesting, right? Because you had uh, Kepka he choked yesterday. Let, let, let's be honest. Kepka choked yesterday. He he fell back almost immediately. Couldn't really hit tee shots well. He, he just he struggled, but Kepka's falling back. Rahm's playing well. Mickelson's coming out of nowhere. Speeth is way ahead of the leaders, but he's playing well and he's getting birdies and he's spraying his drives everywhere. Uh, I I mean it was four, there was a 2-hour window yesterday where there were six or seven guys that you thought make a putt, and they're going to win this tournament. And I enjoyed the heck out of it, and then John Rahm decided, you know, this is mine, and I'm taking this. And he just he played safe shots and solid shots. That that swing is so compact and solid, and he just took it uh, by the horns. But I was highly entertained yesterday, and I didn't – I don't like Greg Norman. I think he's a bad guy. I don't like the people backing Liv. They're objectively bad guys. But I didn't find myself like, oh, Phil's... Oh, Phil, hit it in the water because you joined another golf league. No, I was just entertained yesterday. And yeah. that's that's how the overwhelming majority of sports fans feel. Because you're going to see those people together four times a year. And if they keep putting shows on like that, the overwhelming majority of people aren't going to care. We, we've got... People have gotten so far into the weeds on this, this live thing. Again... I, I don't I think Greg Norman's a bad guy. I think he's got bad intentions. But when you read the the piece about Harold Varner and, and why he made the jump, who would make a different decision in his position? I wouldn't, so I don't hate the guy. I don't know. It's it's whatever. Yesterday was great theater. Doesn't matter what tours they played on. But you're free to think differently, because this is a beautiful country and I'm glad we live in it. More sports talk, Mississippi. When we come back, text us, 601 879 A bunch of your messages we'll get to when we come back.
0: Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
4: Winners and losers coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now. Send them in. What do we ask for? Now? What you liked from the weekend, what you didn't like from the weekend. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, waiting on Richard to show up after he played golf today. Maybe he's doling out his losses. I don't know.
3: He's trying to, like, go through his scorecard right now. It's like, no, no, I had seven here. Remember, I into the woods, back onto the, to the fairway, over the green, into the sand, putt, putt, putt. That was, that yeah. was what I had, not eight.
4: Uh, Richard Cross is the reason they don't put erasers on golf course pencils. <laughs> Uh, man, we get a message. He's only ten percent better at putting than I am. Yeah, as we learned, that's an objective fact. As we yep. the, the Masters is almost as good as the Bristol Dirt Race last night. One of you says, "Buddy watched yeah. both uh, the, final, the third and fourth round on his phone." Yeah, man, the Masters app is outstanding. Debbie says Joe said he could see Tiger approaching the hole and could visibly see he was in pain. Yeah, he's I don't know if that leg will ever get 100% when when you look at the images of the side by side. He's missing things in there. Like it's not a fully intact leg anymore. And we learned he withdrew from what was it the PGA because one of the screws came out essentially. Yeesh.
5: Yeah.
4: So, um yeah, the the weather it, I don't know if he'll ever get to play in an Open Championship again unless the weather's perfect. Now, those courses are much flatter, which helps, but the, the cold and rain really did him in. You could tell. I mean, especially when your feet are slipping and, and he doesn't have the strength of that leg. He's, but he made the cut. That's the thing. He made the cut. He played well. It just um, didn't, uh, didn't hang on. Bubba says, Amazed at how fast Augusta National recovered after the trees falling. That place, Bubba, is... Bizarre in the best way. The next day, it looked like nothing happened because that's how they operate. They they have people during the tournament that are paid to walk around and pick up pine cones if they fall out of trees. That that's their job. It's pick pine cones up off the ground. All the wrappers on all the stuff is green because if somebody drops it on the ground, it blends in. I mean, I mean that that's how meticulous these these people are. Everything is done. To a level of perfection that you can't fathom otherwise, it's it's very. Have you ever seen the old? Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, liar, liar, uh, Drew uh, Jim Carrey. The old Jim, Jim Carrey? Carrey movie, uh, Truman Show. Yeah. That's Augusta. It's Nash. like
3: that. I have Catherine saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: It, yeah." It's the Truman Show. Hammy says, people are watching it because it's fun. I would like to see the demographics of the viewers' age and their location. My guess is heavily dominated in the South, especially in the Carolinas, ages 28 to 40. Probably a, a, a skewer, uh, older age range, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does well. People uh, people love it. One message says, it's 54 golf, Roman numerals L-I-V, not live golf. Well, you are the first person on planet Earth I've ever heard refer to it as 54 and not live. The players on live, including Greg Norman, call it live. It's a play on the 54, but they all call it that. So, for for what it's worth, that's uh that's what they do. Brooks Kepka's uncle apparently is the only person in the college basketball and baseball Hall of Fame who's a point guard at Duke and his number was retired. Third overall pick by the Pistons, spent 15 years in the NBA? Did not know this. And also was a National League MVP and an eight-time All-Star? No way. I'll have Wait, to look that up. This can't be. I'll have to, because... That can't possibly be correct. He's athletic There's like no that, way. Though. The bloodlines make sense. Okay, hold on, hold on. Is that real? Because that's crazy.
3: So his... His uncle is a guy named Dick Grote, which is an interesting name, and played played in the played in MLB for sure. I'm not seeing the uh, the the uh, NBA stuff though. So I'll, let me let me see if I can. I'll Wikipedia him when we get back. I'll uh, I'll have the uh, the full uh, everything done on him there. Yeah. So
4: Chris says I like. He was an eight
3: time All Star. Wow, in the NBA. He was the third pick overall. How about and that? And he played a couple years in the NBA in the for the Fort Wayne the Fort Wayne Pistons, not the oh, Detroit okay. Pistons.
4: Okay, forgive us for doubting you. That just you know. Wow. Okay, that's, that's a impressive. crazy story. Chris, is I like Phil, but Tiger has introduced millions to golf that they wouldn't reach otherwise. Exactly. I mean, they, they, wow. there's no debate. There's no debate.
3: Tell you could make a case for his this guy being a Hall of Famer. By the way, two eighty six career hitter. Eight-time All-Star, NL MVP, and batting champion in 1960, two World Series rings. Make a case.
4: You learn something new every day, uh, apparently. Wow. Well. David says Tiger will rule the Champions Tour because they let you have carts on the Champions oh. Tour. I think I don't yeah. think he'll play on that. I, I think when he's done, he, he's done. Uh, I don't know if he will uh, if he'll do that. CC says it's sad, uh, and he's afraid that Tiger might have to hang up. Uh, the spike soon. Johnny says he loves when the Masters falls on Easter weekend. Me too. And Freddie Couples making the cut, another message says, was awesome. Freddie is a master class in how to protect your body. The, just the smoothest swing. And that's why in his 60s he can still play well and make the cut at Augusta. Nice guy too. Had the pleasure of meeting him once. Winners and losers when we come back.
0: Is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi?
4: Michael Borky and Brian Haydan with you. It's our number two, Sports Talk Mississippi, on this Monday. A successful baseball weekend. Talk to Chris Monus here in a little bit. We talked to Scott Berry earlier. In case you missed it, pull out your favorite podcast app. Your C Spire phone has one already on it. Personally, I'd recommend Spotify. I would, I would download Spotify and recommend that one for you myself. But the one that comes on your C Spire phone, perfectly fine. Pull out your podcast app. Search Sports Talk Mississippi. You'll get this show commercial-free. 15 or so minutes after the show ends every day is when you get the podcast there to your feet. So never miss a minute. And so if you miss Scott Barry, it'll be there uh, in, in the first hour. Chris Lamonis will be here in about 13 minutes from right now. And we'll recap yeah. a series win for him as well. Back-to-back winners on our guest lineup today. So that's fun.
3: Michael Borkey said that, not Brian Hayden. I don't want to point that out.
4: Hey, wi- love covering winners. Winning is fun, always. Mississippi State baseball was fun to consume this weekend because they won. And uh, scam calls, call me right now. I'd love to answer, but we've got to get. Oh, man. I, I would love to do that. I'm going to find a way to, like, connect my phone to where you can get audio, like, over the air that's not through my phone into the microphone because I love messing with those people. But in the meantime, before I figure that out, let's get to winners and losers.
5: All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser,
0: baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser.
5: Winner never win.
0: What did you like?
4: From the weekend, what did you not like from the weekend? Text us now on the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Brian Haydad, a winner.
3: Got a lot of options uh, in this in this particular one. Oh gosh, let me let me think. Um, well, I guess we'll go with Mississippi State baseball. We'll make it super easy because they hadn't won a series uh, since uh, they left Oxford, and, and you know what was that? Mid April of last year. Uh, They finally snapped the SEC losing streak last week. Now they've gotten back, you know, back on track. I won't say that, but they're at least at the train station. They're considering buying a ticket. That's where Mississippi State Baseball is. They've got two series coming up now with Ole Miss and Auburn. Those are two teams down there with them in the bottom of the SEC West. They can win those series. Then we can talk seriously about, okay, making Hoover and possibly make in a regional. They're interesting in that their RPI right now, I think, is 29. Normally that's the other way around, and I'm going to ask Lamonis about that. Normally it's like, okay, you have wins, but your RPI is low. you got to keep winning games to bring it up. State's in a position where if they start winning games, they're going to get into the hosting discussion. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, because this team still has a lot of issues, mainly on the mound. But it was good to see signs of life this weekend. It was good to see them hit the ball the way they did it was good to see some of the pitching that they were able to get. There's, there's, a, there's a heartbeat. There's a pulse there with Mississippi State baseball. They got to keep it going. They got a long way ahead of them, but you saw some promising stuff this weekend.
4: Not dead yet. Not, yeah. not, not, dead just, uh, just yet. Uh, my winner is the Chattanooga Lookouts. Minor league baseball started uh, over the weekend. And the Chattanooga Lookouts won a game over the Rocket City Trash Pandas. I love minor league baseball, uh, seven to five. <laughs> but they scored those seven runs while getting no hit. The Rocket City Trash Pandas threw a no hitter and lost seven to five. They threw a no hitter and lost seven to five. They entered. The last inning with a 3 to nothing lead. No hitter, obviously intact. Here's what happened. Walk, walk, ground out. Walk, strike out. Walk, error. Pitching change. Hit by pitch, hit by pitch. Walk, wild pitch. Walk, strike out. Seven runs on zero okay. hits, and a ball doesn't leave the infield. I gotta go the other way
3: on this. This is much more Rocket City Trash Pandas are a loser than than a winner.
4: I, I, I gotta go the other way. Hey, oldie, there, there's no pictures on the win loss record. No, you're not
3: wrong. You're not wrong. Could you
4: imagine? You're I mean, not wrong. What, what do you when the manager talks to the scouts later that night? What do you, what do you think he says? Like. It's not like minor league baseball players are just a bunch of dudes, right? I mean, this is an independent league. Those are affiliated baseball teams. Those are pitchers that are professional baseball players assigned by a major league baseball team. And they gave up seven runs on no hits in an inning. I mean, how do you stay on rosters after that? What's the point? I mean, I don't know,
3: man. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one.
4: Uh, that is uh, that is just the best. You got a loser?
3: I was I was thinking about going to Rocket City, to be totally Go honest with you. Um, no, I mean, you know, I've seen a no hitter get lost before, but seven runs on with no hits feel that feels almost impossible. It really does feel like you could put just nine random guys out there and not give up seven runs. With no hits, I mean you give up some hits, maybe, but goodness gracious! Um, as far as a loser goes, let's go with uh, let's 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 go with the uh, the in the SEC and, and let's look at Kentucky. You know, we talked about Kentucky last week, and we were like, gosh, they have Georgia coming in this weekend. Georgia's not playing well; they have a real chance to be you know eleven and one after this weekend or ten and two. Instead, they lost two out of three to Georgia, a Georgia team that had been reeling, and now they get to go travel down to Baton Rouge to take on the number one team in the nation.
5: Ooh.
3: We're about to find out a little bit more about Kentucky. You know, we 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 asked about South Carolina last weekend, and they they split with the LSU. Had a great chance to get both games, and then of course the Sunday the Saturday game had to be canceled. They didn't get the game three in, but I feel like South Carolina answered some questions about itself. Um, but Kentucky, you know, had, was in a real position there to you know head down to Kentucky, to, to Baton Rouge, you know. Feeling its oats a little bit and didn't. So that's it. yeah. They're still in good shape. They're still probably going to be, you know, in position to. to they're going to make a regional. Probably have a chance to host a regional. But I think you saw a little bit of what the real Kentucky is. I don't think that was a great series loss for Mississippi State when you go back and look at it.
4: My loser is golf. Digest. Sweep actually. Yeah. yeah. So w- okay. we had a new thing added to the Masters. It's not a new thing, but I can't believe guys agreed to do this. when they were grinding to try to make the cut during the Masters. The walk-in talk, where they give the guys uh, an AirPod to put in their ear, and and they do a live interview while playing a hole with the broadcast. It is fascinating, compelling television. It's really good. Justin Thomas did one, and it went really well. After he did the walk-in talk, part the hole, I believe, he... Nosedived and missed the cut. He was six over over his last eight holes. Missed the cut. Bad day for Justin Thomas. Golf Digest wrote a piece saying that that was the reason why he nosedived. That you're not going to see players agree to do the walk and talk anymore because it got in Ju- uh, Justin Thomas's head. Even though. It happened after the conversation and he parred the hole. That's what Golf Digest wrote on a sport that is boring. Golf is boring. I love it, but it's boring. It's not interesting. It is very, you have to really like what you're watching or it has to be super interesting to grip most people. And here you have this thing that is happening to your sport that is interactive, that does well on social media, that young people like, and you're saying that. That's why Justin Thomas missed the cut. How stupid are you? So Golf Digest, my loser, for trying to put those two things together. Weird.
3: I get it. Yeah, that, that You would think Golf Digest too would be in favor of yes. things like exactly. that. Exactly. You think they'd be like cuz that's more content for them, you know? It's it's bizarre people don't know how content works it's like it's like they shoot it down we don't want these things that we would easily be able to talk about you know yeah. like i'm all for things happening because it gives us things to talk about yeah you know i don't want boring i want i want stuff to happen you know i want to be able to get that insight yeah. so
4: keep sending in me, your winners and losers we got a bunch keep sending them in on the text line on the C-Spar text line 601-879-4395 but coming up next here uh, in just a few minutes, Brian Haydard is going to talk to Chris Limonis, and if we're being honest, these conversations over the last few weeks have been quite awkward, um, because they've been losing, I'm talking to, to a coach that's losing is awkward. Not this week. I have a feeling this one's going to feel a little bit more feel little comfortable feel good. after Mississippi State gets a mm, uh, desperately needed Series win, so that is uh, that's coming your way next. Chris Limonis, Brian Haydad talking about Mississippi State series win over Alabama. Mike Bianco will join us uh, about an hour from right now. Uh, got an update on Hunter Elliott, by the way. We'll ask Coach Bianco uh, about that when the time comes. But again, coming up next, Chris Limonis, his conversation with Brian Haydad. When we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studio, don't go anywhere.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah. On Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haddad and Michael Borky here with you. No, Richard Cross. He's still finishing up a round of golf. That's what he's doing instead of working, That is which a true will be music story. to the ears of our next guest, Chris head
5: <laughs> coach Mississippi
3: State baseball. <laughs> uh, coach, I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume you're not in a, you're in a better mood this week than you've been the past few weeks.
2: Well, you're right at saying that. I mean, uh, winning winning cures a lot, um, but we have a lot of winning left to, to, to accomplish. So uh, you know, no rest during our seasons. It's but it did make Easter nice, I tell you. It was a, a nice day to have a day off and win a series against a good opponent and get ready for another good opponent.
3: You said last week you, know, you, were, you were adamant about it. We're close, we're close, we're so close. And then you get to see some positive things in the series with Alabama. Do you feel like you're closer, or is it still, yeah, you know, we're still getting there?
2: I feel like we're still getting there. We're a work in progress is what I keep telling the team. And, um... You know, we have some guys playing better. We have some guys pitching better. We have some guys getting healthy. Um, it's never easy in this league because we're, we're, we're going to be chasing it the whole year long. And I, I try not to put the pressure of what happened the first three weekends on the team in terms of, I mean, all we can control is the next game, the next outing, the, the next at-bat. But um, their, their effort is very high. They, they come to the ballpark every day ready to get after it, and uh, they're playing hard.
3: You speaking of guys who are getting healthy, Kate Smith back in the uh, rotation for you this week. Got the the start on Thursday. You know, had some ups and downs in that first start back, but ends up you know pitching all right for you. What'd you think of that first start for him?
2: I, I thought it was all right. I mean, like you said, it's it's um, you know their starter actually had the same start, like a rehab start, and we got a lot more out of Cade than they got out of their guy. He was their Friday night guy last year, also. But in our world, you know, it was nice to to see Kate out there to build up his pitch count. I mean, these guys, the bad thing about the rehab guys is they not only now are they healthy, now we got to get them pitching good, right? And, and that's, a, that's a tough dynamic, too. But uh, I think he's getting a little bit better and a little more confident every week. His stuff has been good. It's a little bit about being a little bit more command than anything.
3: This is two weeks in a row for Gerangelo that he's only thrown from the right side. Is that a decision you guys have come to, or is that something that's just happening because of, of a, his left arm is a little tired right now? What's what's the the, the thought process behind that?
2: You know, it's, it's it's actually up to him, so it's not a thing where um, it's one or the other. You know, um, but it's just been it's it's a lot on him. That's what people don't realize. It's a, it's a lot to prepare every week. It's a lot to do. Um, you know, will it, will he do it again? You know, I don't know. I've I've left that decision up to him, but also wanted him to know it's okay if he just went right handed. You know, and so um, I mean, just warming up for a game takes twice as long as everybody else. You know, warming up yeah. between innings, you're running out there. It's just a that dynamic is is a lot when you're on this type of stage with this type of publicity and TV and everything else. Just um, so you know, that's kind of what what that's about.
3: It's crazy when you, when you talk about it that way because you don't think about that as, as you know, outside of yeah. the program. Like, it just occurred to me, it's like, yeah, he has to warm up two arms. He can't just, you know, yeah. just decide, okay, I'm going left here and haven't had that properly warm up. That, that's, that's an interesting way to, to, to put that. Speaking well, of freshmen, what happened you know, last week,
2: what happened as, as time went on? Like, you know, one breaking ball is not as sharp, right? And, you know, it's hard to keep one sharp when you're trying to keep the other sharp. And that's the dynamic he's in right now. So, Will he throw it both? You know, he could. Um, But, you know, it's kind of his decision and how he feels.
3: Speaking of your freshman, obviously, you know, with Durangelo there, last week Dakota Jordan sort of took off for you, got back to that point where you thought he could be, you know, preseason. This past week Ross Highfield has a really good week for you. How pleased are you with the progression from your freshman hitters these past couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, we're we're pretty fired up. I mean, you know, we, we knew we'd be young in some areas. Um, but we had some special players, and our young kids are kind of making that maturation process from being a freshman to to being an SEC player. And Ross Heisel and Dakota were such big pieces in the weekend series. I mean, they're just starting to play well. They're starting to get comfortable. They're not—you don't look at them as much as freshmen, you know, right now. So um, they've played really well.
3: When you look at SEC stats only, you know, Hunter Hines and Kellum Clark, who are you know, those are your two big bats. Those are two guys you would expect to deliver for you. But they have. They've been playing really well at once, since conference play start. Do you think they can continue to carry this team all, you know, throughout conference play?
2: I think they can. I mean, ours is a team effort. You know, I know we've we had some weird weekends in there, but I do think it's a team effort with this group and we, you know, we, you know, one of my problems is that, you know, I got Bryce Chance back, you know, who's yeah. one of the best hitters in the league. Like I got, you know, and I have some really good guys that are just sitting here waiting. I I, I wish a couple of them could pitch. You know, but, um, you know, offensively, we just have, we have a good group. You know, we feel like one to nine that could really put some pressure on people. So I think the strength of us is our depth, you know, and, and, the, and the length of our lineup at times. So, um, yes, we need Hunter Hines and Kellum to be as good as they can be. But, you know, that, that whole group as a whole, I mean, this past weekend we played well and, you know, Colton Ledbetter, probably our best prospect was just okay with for the first time all year. So, you know, hopefully we get him back at, at full throttle and, and playing well.
3: We used to talk about Landon Sims, and at least in the press box, we'd say if you heard, when you heard the still of the night, you knew the game was over. With Nate Dome going back to the bullpen, the way he pitched on Saturday, you know, giving you four innings as well, are you starting to get that? You know, not I mean, not the same vibe. Landon Sims is an incredible talent, but where you right. feel confident? Hey, look, we've got the lead with this guy coming in. We're going to be okay.
2: I, I do. I, I do feel like that. Well, I feel like when we throw Nate Dome, you have to beat us. He usually. Is in the strike zone. You're going to have to hit a couple balls in a row to beat us at that point. And he he thrives in that moment. Just, you know, a lot of kids don't thrive in that moment. He does. And, you know, the key for us is I'd like to see us get, you know, Aaron Nixon's one we haven't, you know, coming back off rehab, getting him in the right spot, getting him in some comfortable situations because he's that type of guy too. You know, that that would really be a big boost for us.
3: With with Dome, you know, he threw four innings for you in in one outing on on Saturday. Is he a guy that can go twice in a weekend, throw two innings here and two innings there?
2: I think he could. Yeah, I think he could definitely at least two and one. At least I think you could throw him two and one. Um, It just hadn't it hadn't really worked out that way. That was kind of the hard part having him in the pen early is we weren't ever getting to him. You know, this weekend at least we were able to get to him, and um, you know we went to him kind of early on Sunday. But I just I felt like the game was imbalanced at that point. You know, a lot of people want closers. I, you know, I just don't want it to open, you know, and keep us close. We felt like we had a chance to get to their bullpen. You
3: got the road game uh, midweek start this week. Who's on the mound for you uh, Tuesday night against UAB?
2: We're going to throw a ton of guys, but we'll, throw, we'll start Parker Stanett again like last week and try to get him a little more innings or a little more pitches in than he had last week and keep trying to build him up.
3: And then, of course, you look ahead to the weekend. It's Super Bulldog Weekend. You know the crowds are going to be huge, and of course, you add to that, it's it's Ole Miss. That's a series you know, you haven't lost a series to the Rebels. Mississippi State hasn't lost a series to them uh, in, in I think seven years now, and they're a team that's you know sort of having that national championship hangover the same way your team did a, a season ago. But at the same time, still a dangerous team. You know, are you excited for what this weekend's going to bring?
2: I did not even realize that was this weekend, Brian. <laughs> like this weekend, Super <laughs> Bulldog Weekend. Yeah. So, they're already setting up. We got statues. We got – I mean, they're having to bring in extra beds in this town. They got everything sold out. So, um yeah, it, it'll be a blast. I mean, we got so much going on on this campus, We, you know, with the weekend. And we got a really good opponent. I, I don't care what anybody says, always in a rivalry game. But I think about a month ago, these guys were third in the country. So, we, we know they're talented and they're very good. And we're going to have to play really good baseball, you know. But – it will be an absolute zoo here in Starkville this weekend. So uh, it, it'll, it should be a lot of fun.
3: And even with, you know, you guys, the, the way your team has played this year, the way Ole Miss has played this year, these are the last two defending national champions playing each other in Starkville, Mississippi. That, to me, at least, there's just something cool about that.
2: Well, it is cool because two years ago you couldn't have said either one of us. We never had one in our nah. state history. So it is really cool. Um You know, and and they're two great programs. So, um, by not, neither one of us are playing where we want to right now, but it's still two programs with a lot of pride.
3: You playing to hang around for the concert after the game?
2: No. I'm hoping for a good game, (laughs) and I'll go lay on my couch and I can listen to it. So, But I I stay away from all that type of – like I said, we got – you know, they're doing the Coach Polk statue. We got softball, football. We got the concert, you know. I, I keep telling them, like, anything else y'all want to add this weekend? You know, we had some really good baseball. So it should be a lot of fun. Weather looks great. Um, and, and like I told the kids after the Alabama game, this is why you come to Mississippi State. You know, you come for these type of weekends, these crowds, and, you know, playing Ole Miss, you know, a lot of people always, oh, it's just another game. It, It's never another game in this town. And not to our people, not to our fans. Not to our players or coaches, but definitely not to our president either. I think um you know, on the very first day I got up the job I saw all the governor Coach cup trophies and everything else and uh, we understand how important this series is to our to our to our school and to our fan base.
3: Yeah, Dr. Keenan will be very quick to let you know what uh how important a win over the Ole Miss Rebels is to him in, in his opinion. So Coach Chris yes, Lamonis, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We'll we'll talk to you again next Monday. Thanks, Brian. Coach Chris Limonis, join us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Uh, go to uh, favorites.com and uh, go with the home team. When we come back, your winners and losers. We'll look, go back to the uh, ceasefire text line and uh, get those. If you haven't sent it in yet, 601-879-4395. Get your winners and losers in now. We'll talk about those when we come back here on Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: Listen to work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo?
5: Yes,
4: sir. Don't worry. Our, uh, Our nightmare's over. Are we
3: sure he's going to show up? What?
4: He's here? He's on his way.
3: Oh, so he's going to show in. Just, he's going to slide in just in time to steal the Bianco interview from you. Fact. Yes, he's just going to come right in. I got it. Don't worry about it.
4: Uh, Michael Borky, he's Brian Hayed. Nice. Uh, appreciate you guys. It's Richard. Not even a
3: forty-minute work day at that point. I mean, because you take the commercial breaks into account, it's like a it's like a twenty-seven-minute work break. He was day.
4: wheeling and dealing. A uh, I'm I'm sure.
3: He better. He better. He better show up. I feel Contract. like it's like Glenn yeah. Gary Glenn Ross. To like, get them to sign on the line that is dotted. <laughs> oh, hmm. man. I'm going to give him the Alec Baldwin speech from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross when he shows up.
4: Call yourself a salesman? Well, let's get to some of your winners and losers. Loser, says Debbie. I was disappointed that Kepka lost his minus 12 lead. Yeah, he kind of choked. Rom played really well, but Kepka just did not. Also, winner, SMU baseball. I don't know why. Do you know why? I
3: don't know what they did. Uh, let me look them up while we're talking. We will
4: find out. Sam Bennett, uh, Hammy says, even though he didn't qualify for next year, he did a great, had a great event and should be in line for some NIL deals. I'm sure you saw uh, his his shirt and his jackets. He's already okay. cashing in on mm-hmm. some NIL deals. He, he's he's making his money. And, yeah, he he's a cool SM- story.
3: SMU doesn't have a baseball team. So I don't know what's going on.
4: They might be getting one. uh, We'll have to get some clarity from Debbie. So if I understand the the story correctly, Sam Bennett's father two years ago passed away from Alzheimer's, if I remember the the story correctly. And and the last um, memorable form of communication was a handwritten note that his dad wrote to him. And with Alzheimer's patients, as as you can imagine, the note – you can barely read it. It looked like it was really hard yeah. for his dad to write. But he took that note and tattooed it on his left forearm. And I forget what the phrase was, but it was encouraging. It was something like, just go out and, if you want something, go out and do it. Something like that. i butchering this story. But a handwritten note from his father who passed away. Uh, tattooed it on his left forearm. So every time he grabs his club and looks down, there it is. Awesome. And, and and hearing him describe that story, uh, and then playing well at Augusta was—he's going to be a star, I think. Although he's not that young, so he was an amateur, a college student. He's twenty-three, uh, so he will be turning pro here very soon, and, and he'll be good. I mean, to play like he did for a first timer at Augusta was uh, was special, especially considering his uh, his story. not a winner or a loser but somebody says call me crazy I still don't think the rebels are dead they're so close got your ace coming back and the schedule is extremely light on the back half both of those things are true but they got to play better baseball that's they, they you just choked away a series in college station and they I mean in, in a rubber match in a series with a top five team at home you're doing things like getting picked off on the base paths in, in a tight game where the next hit was over the fence. You are coming up lazily in the outfield on a single and, and not hitting a cutoff man, just kind of throwing it in, and that scores a run. It's it's things like that that they're doing poorly right now. Remember what we talked about Mississippi State earlier in the season is they're, they're shooting themselves mm-hmm. in the foot? Ole Miss has become that. Pitching's getting better. Rivas and Quinn were good good enough to win, and they didn't win. Why didn't they? Because they shot themselves yeah. in the foot. And then offense is also disappearing at random times.
3: The, the biggest problem with Ole Miss is this. If they lose the series this weekend, right? Let's say they get a win, but they lose the series, right? You're 3-12. and 12. Next weekend you play LSU. And even with Hunter Elliott back, it's going to be a stretch to say you win the series, right? So then you're 4-14. Four and 14. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how much easier it is on the back end. And it's still the SEC, no matter which way you cut it. It's still going to be tough games. But you're four and fourteen. To feel good about getting into the NCAA tournament at that point, you would have to go nine and two in your last, or, or ten and two in your last, uh, you know, or nine and three at, at, at worst.
4: Yeah.
3: And that's that's tough. That's tough. Ole Miss needs to start winning games this weekend.
4: Immediately. Mississippi
3: State's in the same boat. State. I mean, State is three and nine to feel. I mean, I think thirteen and seventeen because their RPI is so good. I think thirteen and seventeen they might still be able to get in. I mean, they'd be on the road, but they they would be in. But that means you got to go ten and uh, ten and eight the rest of the way. Your last four series are Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Texas A and I mean, Jeez. it's going to be tough. You got to you got to win these next two series. You got to win the series at A and M, and then you just can't get swept. And if you do that, yeah, maybe you're in the discussion. But it's going to be close.
4: A couple of submissions for Brady Ware from Indianapolis University. Throwing a no-hitter and also yeah. hitting for the cycle in the same game. That is
3: Same game. That's an incredible, incredible uh, statement there.
4: Just unbelievable. Uh, we get this message just joined a few minutes ago, so this might have already been submitted. Hasn't been submitted. We did talk to Scott Barry, but we didn't call him a winner just yet. Coach Scott Barry for Notching wins 500. I didn't ask him about that. What an idiot I am. Uh, wins nah, number five hundred and five hundred one on the road against a good old Dominion squad. Absolutely, hey uh, Ray. I think we,
3: we brought it up on Thursday too because that's we, when we won the first game. We did bring it up, but we did we should have asked him. We we we, we apologize for that.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's um. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, Ray, we see your message. I agree with it. I just hope you understand that I won't be reading it on on the air. Um, Absolutely but, not. But I agree with you. I I do. I, I, I do. Dwayne says, "Loser, me. Eastbound on twenty, could not get us until you crossed the Mississippi River." Yeah, you get us in all eighty-two counties, but once you once you leave those counties, sometimes you will you will lose us. So uh, we appreciate you listening, Dwayne, and uh, safe travels for sure. We get one message: Why can't State Field baseballs? We are last in every fielding category. Not a winner or a loser, but hey, we appreciate.
3: You. It's weird. You know what's what's interesting is you know Lane Forsythe, a guy who's you know been a good defender for State the past couple seasons, been awful this year. Just just can't stop making errors. Don't know what what the the deal is there. It's got to be something mental. I mean, there's no you know you don't just stop being a good fielder. Right. So see how that pans out.
4: Winner Phil Mickelson. Yeah, man, played well. Uh, played well and. Earlier in the week, it was uncomfortable. He wouldn't do the interview. Apparently, he was weird at the Champions Dinner, and you could kind of feel that he was a little uncomfortable on the course until he swung the club. And he played well. And it's, you know, as we talked about before, I don't like Greg Norman. I think he's a bad guy. I don't like the the backers of Liv. They are objectively bad people. Frankly, I don't think phil's all, all all that squeaky clean either and that's putting it mildly, but watching him play well is fun and I had fun watching him play well yesterday uh no doubt uh don't wait to do something was uh was the handwritten note that that his dad wrote him that thank you for yeah. uh, for that yeah it's, there you go. um got got emotional when they explained that story and showed the tattoo I, man um we get a loser for Ole Miss defense or a particular player. Yeah, I mean you, you can't do that in rubber matches, and and that happened. And you can't have that happen in win games. You, you, you can't no. you can't be lazy in the field in close games in a rubber match of a must win series. Can't do it. It's just it's got to be better. David says State and Ole Miss need to break the old Coach Ron Polk playbook and turn to the funda- fundamental drill series. The
3: mental's about- yeah, it's, both teams. You know, and, and I remember you guys talking about Ole Miss fielding early in the, in the non-conference. They were great. They had not made an error through, like, 10, 12 games. And you're like, well, they're moving right along here. And it, SEC play hit that team like a truck. I mean, Coach Lamontes mentioned it. They were, you know, they were, what, in the top five when they played Vanderbilt the first weekend of yeah. SEC play? And, and you know, that's what makes you – know. you remember last year with State – State struggled in the non-conference, and when they got to conference play, they 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 continued to struggle. But you at least you felt like okay, going in, you're like, man, I don't know if this team's gonna gonna have it or not. This Ole Miss team had gave you no real indication in non-conference play they weren't going to be good. It's, that's why this is so, so surprising to me, anyway. Maybe you know somebody like you who consumes more Ole Miss baseball than I do, that you know you saw something coming down the tracks, but it really does feel like. The wheels just fell off when they went to Nashville and they haven't been able to get them back home.
4: Thank you, Bobby. You're exactly right. If you are traveling and you leave the state of Mississippi, we have an app. You can take it anywhere. Yeah? Just download it on your phone. It takes basically no data, by the way. I mean, it's a it's a very on, small Dwayne. app. Uh, so yeah, Supertalk app. Just go to your app store, search Supertalk, download it. You can take us anywhere. Also, the website, supertalk.fm. So... Uh, I know, I forget who it was now, but was uh, in a hotel room listening to us uh, on our website. So we appreciate them there. You go. as uh, as well. Uh, hey, Dad, I've got something to show you. Uh, see if I can do this before. Uh-oh. See if I can do this before the break. I don't. I don't know if I can. Well, we're running up on. We're running up on short of time. Can I do it? Yes, I can. Here it is. Ready, hey, Dad.
3: Yeah, what do we got here?
4: There he is. Oh. <laughs> oh. Richard Cross. You hate to see it. Yeah, you do. We'll uh we'll be back. We'll talk uh we'll talk to Richard, because he's here now. Looks like he played well. He's there he is. Yeah, he's he's in a good mood, so maybe he uh put up a good number. Just in time to collect a half day. We'll be right back.
5: In a time,
0: do next.
5: Keep it moving, buddy.
0: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
7: Don't let me get in the way. You guys sounded great. Yes, we did. (laughs) You're dang right. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm FM and SuperTalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Maybe I should say thanks for being with these guys, Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad, and for uh, letting me join the party, albeit a what'd little shoot? late. So yeah, what'd you shoot? Uh, our team shot ten under.
4: Ooh.
5: And it was not
7: not. We missed a lot of putts.
4: Oh well, was it four of you? You uh, needed
7: me. Yeah, it was a it was a scramble. Uh. Yep, scramble setup. up. It's first time I'd ever played Anadale. so this was the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame fundraising
4: golf tournament. See, hey dad, now we can't make fun of him anymore, because it was an important thing.
7: This was, this was a work event. Uh, <laughs> I, I got this cleared up the ladder before I uh, accepted the invitation, but no, what a cool event. I, I actually got to speak uh, with Bill Blackwell, our uh, our good friend who's the executive director of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. and. Uh, uh, I met Hill Denson for the first time today, the uh, legendary baseball coach at uh, at Southern Miss. We talked a little bit about their weekend series, Southern Miss's win, and I just told him, I said, your boys had a great weekend. He said, yeah, they did, and it's some bad weather, too. So uh, them going to Old Dominion and getting two on the road was great. Um, uh, saw Bart Gregory. Uh, he was there representing Mississippi State. Bye. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of other folks that were out there today. So, uh fun day. Where's you, my invite? I guess
4: uh Mississippi Hall of Fame people? Well, mate, I, I would have caddied.
7: Yeah. Put me on the list. Yeah. It's uh it's a good good event and they raise I a mean, lot of money. You I, know, I think there was a sponsorship on every single hole. Oh, wow, nice. So the the corporate sponsorships were great. It was it was kind of neat on the uh, we started on 6 on the front and so on 7 they had a long drive deal, but it wasn't your normal long drive. They had a professional long drive person, like the the, the long drive golf tour. And he was there, and he greeted yeah. us when we came to the tee box. He's like, all right, guys, so I'm going to hit your tee shot for you here. Y'all can still hit it for fun, uh, you know, if you want to play one of yours instead of mine. He said, but you're guaranteed to hit it from 150 yards out. So they had a flag set up 150 yards from the green on a par 5, and then you could make a donation on that particular hole that made you eligible for some prizes along the way. And If you gave one amount, you were guaranteed a birdie. If you gave the next huh? amount up, you were guaranteed an eagle. The next dollar level up guaranteed you a, uh, a double eagle, an albatross. And if you were willing to swipe to your credit minutes. card or write a check for uh, a larger amount, they would give you a one on that hole.
3: Nice. So. Oh, nice.
7: Yeah. We, so you yeah.
3: got a one is what I'm hearing.
7: Uh, we did not make a one. We did not make a one. <laughs> but we also did not make a par you know, on uh, that hole either. So.
3: You know, a couple of former MSU Bulldogs are big into the long drive. Jeff Flagg, mm. former Diamond Dogs, uh, Jeff Flagg and Connor Powers Jeff Flagg has actually won that uh that tournament, the, the long drive championship, at least once.
7: There was a there was a former Ole Miss Baseball player that was involved with uh Zach Kirksey. Oh, really? I think that's, that's John that was. John Hancock was for a while too. And if you remember John John when he played, I mean he was he was six four, two thirty, big burly, and hits a golf ball a mile. But that's hard to do for it Must
3: those be something of those power hitters, man, that can just, they easily convert that swing.
4: You guys need to watch videos of Mike Trout at top golf probably a piece of your stomach. Wouldn't it's it?
7: shocking. Well, I uh, mean, you think about it, right? I mean, the if you're going to score in golf, you got to putt, you got to have great hands around the green. But so much of it's about distance yeah. and how do you get that? Well, strength and hand-eye coordination and good hands. I mean, it would stand to reason that Mike Trout should be able to hit a golf ball a really yeah.
4: long way. I mean, I think he should register himself as as like a weapon. you've got to it's shocking how he hits a golf ball. At top golf of all places, you know it's funny. We all hit our, our
7: shots on on seven, where they had the the long drive guy, and then he steps up and he takes a practice swing, and I I, I was like, oh, some clubhead speed there. <laughs> so uh, no, it was fun and a great cause today, and uh, thankful to be a part of that with our friends at the uh, at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. I missed when you guys did winners and losers. I have to know, did you have Jim Nance as a winner? No.
3: Jim Nance no but I, I did mention the shade he threw uh in the uh to t- at, the, at the CW
7: I mean that that that's the troll of all trolls by the the most anti-troll maybe on planet Earth in Jim Nance I mean do you ever think about Jim Nance being a guy that takes shots or trolls others and he's got Brooks walking up to his ball and he's like oh there's his ball in the CW the crosswalk it was mean, just enough of a pause. I thought Jim Nance deserved to uh, to be on the winners list for uh, for that. Um, Five o'clock hour going to be a busy one for us. We will get to the college football fix to lead things off, and Michael Borky has uh, kind of an interesting update on the Pac-12 media rights deal. I love the phrase that this article. Speaking
4: used. of the CW,
7: yeah, no doubt. Uh, trying to thread a very
4: small needle. Yeah. The, the the segment we called it earlier when we get to the college football fix is going to be called Thank God Your Team's in the SEC.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Mike Bianco will join us in the 5 o'clock hour, talk more about the weekend that was, get to more of your text messages on the C Spire text line. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour, coming up.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
7: Welcome back. 5 o'clock hour on this Monday. It is Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. For more information about everything that is happening at Pearl River Resort, visit them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us. Love to hear from you on the C Spire text line, 601 879 4-3-9-5. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Again, the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Uh, let's jump into this story for the College Football Fix. Can be whatever you want to be in America in a Ford SUV or truck, whether it's the Expedition, the Explorer, or the Edge in the SUV category. Are you looking for an F 150? Remember, F Series, best selling truck in America for 46 straight years. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. What are you, what are you laughing about, hey, Dad?
3: There's a text that says Richard is like a blister. He doesn't show up till the work's done.
7: Mm. <laughs>
3: Which is funny. It's funny because, as we all know, Borky Richard has soft hands,
7: brother. Soft hands. Probably you got more blisters than you boys have yeah. got.
4: You you should have seen us, Richard, <laughs> the day that the guy told us we had soft hands. Hey, Dad and I bo- and, and I both were like doing that we right like, there.
7: What's like, what are you not?
5: It's
3: a it's a meme. It's yes, a
5: TikTok. Yeah,
7: I'm, so. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the story comes from awful announcing. And it is the latest Michael Borke in the story of potential Doomsday scenarios for yeah.
4: the PAC 12 conference. So that I think awful announcing summarized it well. They were aggregating reporting from the athletic, but the way this is laid out is is accurate. You, you've had this this public relations front put out by the PAC 12 that nobody should buy, but some people have bought that. All is well, everything's fine. TV deal coming like don't no worry everybody to the man behind the curtain. Yeah oh it's uh I don't know what movie it's from but the meme where fireworks are exploding in the background and the guy saying please disperse nothing to see here Yeah That's been the Pac12's media rights negotiations it's they they've had a united front and we're all together and we're negotiating with all these partners and stuff And then the athletic reports that they are in conversations with the CW to air their sporting events. Which, which in
7: fairness, is
4: available in most markets. You can get it. You probably have it if you have a package. Yeah. You can get it. The problem is... Now,
7: like, if you have YouTube TV or Hulu or whatever, I I don't know if you get it there. I think I do. Maybe.
3: I think so. I never miss Titans, so, you know, I've got it.
7: Okay. Well, that's good to know. But, yeah, I mean, if you've got, like, a local cable package or maybe a over the OTT streaming package, whatever, you can get the CW.
4: Yes, and so that is a plus compared to the Pac-12 network or some of the streaming services that they have apparently been in talks with. The issue is it's not a sports network. Now, they did buy Live, but that's 10, soon to be 14 events a year. Right. So, otherwise the Pac-12 football lead-ins are going to be One Tree Hill or Supernatural or something like that. Whereas on ESPN or Fox or whatever, you've got these highly produced pregame shows or another game or at least another sport leading in Mm -hmm. to your events. Instead, again, it's Supernatural. It's One Tree Hill. It's... I don't know Vampire Diaries or whatever, leading into Stanford <laughs> Cal. It's
3: a, it's a lot of teen drama. is yeah. what I'm hearing.
7: Yeah, and
3: I mean, you know, I
7: mean, look, there's a reason, and and even though fans don't like it, there's a reason that ESPN has put marquee games in the 11 a.m. time slot. Right there, there's a reason that Ole Miss Kentucky was in that slot. There's a reason that Mississippi State Texas A and M has kicked off at 11 o'clock on ESPN, and it's because it is a game that people will stick around for, following a three decades old established pregame show that is al- almost like going to church on Saturday mornings for a lot of people. It, you know, whether it, it's part of their routine on Saturday morning, it's game day. And it rolls you in. And so there's a huge lead-in and a carryover audience, plus the people that come just to watch the game. In the case of the Pac-12, if you're talking about the CW at whatever time, I mean, I guess they could have some sort of a pregame show, and, and I would think that they would, but you're just asking people to go to that channel to watch that game. And your point is, it's not so... I mean, even if CBS... You know, for the 2.30 window on CBS for all of these years, there was a half-an-hour pregame show, like College Football Today or whatever it was called, that rolled into the game. But CBS carries sports, right? I mean, it's either golf or the NFL
4: or college football or... And it still has the brand. I know linear TV is going away, but Fox and CBS and ABC still carry a whole ton of weight.
7: So it appears with... The departure of Southern Cal and UCLA that in order for the Pac 12 to get a reasonably good TV deal, they're going to have to expand in terms of teams. And I don't even think it's about expanding footprint anymore. It's, you know, markets, I guess, to some degree. And it appears that San Diego State and SMU are two of the more likely, if not the most likely, And what's the streaming service thing going to be like? So Apple has kicked around the tires. They've kicked the tires on this a bunch. But the thing that has been reported by The Athletic, by Andrew Marchand, by John Orand at Sports Business News and others, is that Apple is not in a hurry to do anything. And going through the contract process with Apple is like getting a months-long colonoscopy. Like, like it, it just never ends, and their lawyers just take all this time in the world, and so it's really hard to jump through all the hoops to get that done. And is that what you want, right? I mean, do you want to be on Prime Video? Do you want to be on Apple Plus?
4: Maybe in 15 years or but less. not today, but right? Not as your primary? No. In the issue that they're going to run into, on top of... It's hard to find, and as a sports fan, it's still a habit. If, let's say, your team's not playing on a Saturday, you got an off week. You, you take the kid to the soccer game, and then you get home, and what's the first channel you put on? ESPN. ESPN. And so, not only are you not like the habitual place to find, your games aren't compelling either. Yeah. So, like, people would go to the ends of the earth to watch Alabama football.
7: I love this piece of the story, here where it says rivaling updates on the Pac-12's progress have been fr- frequent with leaks of plenty. Read one article and you'll get a narrative of everything is fine, everyone is happy, we're almost done. Don't worry about it. However, there are also quite a few updates that seem to say, man, that iceberg is really big and we are headed right yeah. toward it.
4: And you may be asking, you know, why is this important? Why? Because I think at the end of the day, this could lead to more realignment. That that's that's what's happening here. If they sign a very low bar deal with the CW and the Big Ten's engaged in conversations with Oregon, that kind of thing is what's going to follow.
7: Well, and and maybe even more likely than that, Bobby Robbins, um, Robert Robbins, yeah. the president at the University of Arizona. You may remember that name because his name surfaced when Ole Miss's job was open years ago. There's some ties there, whatever. He has been very open about saying, we're not in a hurry. We, talking about the University of Arizona, kind of believe we've got options. Our preference is to stay with the Pac-12, but we got to wait and see what this TV deal is. And he's been optimistic that they were going to get it done. You've had other presidents who've spoken out there like, you know, we need Bobby Robbins in the room negotiating this deal because he's incredibly optimistic it's going to get done, and it keeps not getting done. And, and so maybe somebody of that ilk needs to be the one negotiating because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But Bobby Robbins has also been very open about saying, you know, we, we've got to see. I think Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, I think those are probably the four that know they have a landing spot. Yep. See, the thing about Oregon and Washington is they don't know that they've got a landing spot. It feels like those two universities probably would like to go to the Big Ten, but we're not sure that the Big Ten wants them or needs them.
4: Especially if Notre Dame changes their mind. Yeah,
7: which that's not happening. No, but if you're the Big Ten, you can afford to wait. Yeah, I listened to uh, to a podcast with Jack Swarbrick not too long ago, and he said, look, he's like, we're not going anywhere unless there's not a clear path to the national championship, to the playoff for us, and we can't make up the money that we need to make through TV revenue. And right now, neither of those things are an issue, and so they're not going to give up their independence that they value so dearly. So the reason this whole story comes out is because of the role that maybe the CW plays in this. That's the athletic. They say the delay may be in part because of the emergence of a new potential partner. Two sources indicated there have been recent discussions between the Pac-12 and the CW, a national over-the-air broadcast network better known for scripted shows like Gossip Girl, Supernatural, And Riverdale. We'll see where this goes. Sports Talk Mississippi. Coming up next, we'll go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out Favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Mike Bianco joins us on the other side of this timeout.
0: Is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly.
7: Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Monday afternoon, 20 minutes after 5, and as he does every week during baseball season at this time, Ole Miss head baseball coach Mike Bianco joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ole Miss hosting Arkansas over the weekend. They lose game one of the doubleheader on Friday, bounce back and win game two, and then come up short in uh, in game three. And uh, Mike, we always appreciate your time. When you look back at this weekend – is this one where it feels like maybe one got away and, and and there really was an opportunity to win a series there and just couldn't quite get over the hump?
6: Oh, well, yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, uh Kind of been the story the last three weeks, you know. I, I think we've we've let games get away that you know either could have won, should have won, and, and you know I think it's just disappointing. Yeah, you know, we just we're just not playing well enough. And uh, you know I said it in the post game. You saw, I think, all three games. I think you did on the air. Yeah, uh, you know, just just not enough. You know, just not enough pitches. Just not enough defense. Just not enough good at bats. You know, to win the baseball games. And you know, like that team that you know uh, I think is very similar to us, where they've had some injuries. He's on the mound. Uh, probably not as dominant as they they want to be, uh, but you know they 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 did more to win the games this weekend than we did.
7: You, you've talked about needing to play better, and I, I wonder if it, it's almost akin to like you got a dam and there's a leak in it, and, and you're able to plug a hole, and then you see one in another place. Because I, I thought this weekend, starting pitching, especially in, in games two and three with with Xavier Rivas and JT Quinn, was was pretty good. Uh what did you think about those guys?
6: Uh, yeah, and but it's it's not just one phase, you know. Everybody, and and I know probably is certainly the the fan base. You know, you want to point to one thing: hey, we don't pitch it well enough, but we don't hit it well enough, uh, we don't field it well enough. But yeah, you know, we don't do any of that well enough right now in conference play. Uh, you know, we we've done it before, we've done it in, in spurts, but uh, you know, the, the starting pitching, you know, this weekend, you know, especially with Quinn and Revis, it you know, was good enough to, to win. But good enough if you, if you score and defend. And, you know, yeah. we just didn't do that. You know, a prime example is, and again, this is not blaming anybody or being, but, you know, when you say, hey, play well enough, you know, we had a 3-1 lead, uh, in game three in the fifth inning and Quinn's pitching well. He was 0-2 and Cali, who's a really good fastball hitter, has got, uh, kept like power and we decided to go all breaking ball, but he can't deliver one of the pitches. So he walks the leadoff guy. Then Wild pitches him to second base then an error, you know, uh, by uh, Gonzalez in the shortstop area that gets them to third base uh, with one out, and then we don't block a ball behind the plate, and so you know there's enough blame to go around, and especially with the you know with the you know to the blame on the coaches as well. So we're just not playing well enough.
7: I, I, this is probably a question where you were like Richard. If I knew the answer to that, I'd, I'd immediately plug it. So. So so what do you do when when you're trying to figure that out and you're like okay we need to play better but we've got to play better in every area how, how do you go about doing that when you're playing in a league where there are no weeks off there there are no there are no gimmies there are no layups for you
6: No you, you know, you're exactly right um the, the 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 one saving grace is you know, we 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 think we're good enough, right? We we, we we've we shown in the past. You know, that the what I just said to you, you know, Quinn's a freshman, he has to learn how to deliver the pitch, but Gonzalez is, you know, an all American shortstop, I think Harris is an all American catcher. We're gonna miss balls, we're we're gonna you know make mistakes, but we need to not do it all in the same inning. Mm-hmm. Whenever you give up runs, and and uh, the you know, like I said, the saving grace is that we've done it before. Uh, we just need to do it more consistently, and we need to do it, you know, what it means the most. And you're right; uh, you get no gimmies in this league, and so if you don't play well, you lose in this league, and and that's that's what's happened to us, you know, at the beginning of the the, the you know first four weeks here.
7: You know one of the the things during the off season, people so many times I, you you've used the number everybody else has as well, seven and fourteen talking about that team from a season ago. I feel like people talked about the production that was gone from last year's team. I'm wondering if there was enough conversation about the leadership when when you talk about Dunhurst and Bench and and Tim Elko and and other guys that that were so a part of that. Do you have that? Do you feel like in your locker room somebody that can kind of grab the team by the scruff of the neck, if you will, and say, no, this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it that way starting right now?
6: great question but i always talk about uh, if you're going to judge leadership you need to judge it at the end of the year you know it's hard Mm -hmm. to you know you you know i think it's i think it doesn't make any sense to talk about the leadership i don't know if you would have talked about the leadership when we're 7 and 14 you would have said oh man we have great leadership right Mm but once you get through that you know and you know how you got through it because of those guys. So I understand what you're saying and I don't think you know that part was uh forgotten by us. You know we we think that was the reason that we got through it. You, know, you can talk about Bill and Delucia you can talk about Hunter Elliott and Tim Elko, but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, we got through it because of the guys that you mentioned and others. You know, they continue to show up every single day. And so there's a lot of games left. And so we'll see. We'll see how good a leadership we have. We'll, we'll see how tough this team is. And ultimately, we'll see how good this team is. You know, and uh, you know we're in a spot now that it's it's been really tough uh, the last few weeks. But uh, we feel we're a better team than this. And I think we believe that we can play better than this. But ultimately, you, you have to do it.
7: I guess one thing where, in terms of good news, you got a lot of baseball left, right? Six weekends left in the SEC and a huge one this coming weekend where you go to Starkville Rivalry Series, going to be huge crowds at the ballpark. Looks like the weather finally is going to be really, really good. Do, do you look at that as an opportunity? Do you, do you feel like your players are looking at that as an opportunity of, hey, this is where it can start?
6: I think you always look at it as an opportunity. Once you do that, if you don't do that, I think you're you're done. And you know, I think our guys are looking, you know, first uh, and where they should be is you know tomorrow night here against Memphis and then Alcorn. And uh but we know that you know it's going to be a big weekend. We know it's going to be a big weekend and uh, start full against our arch rivals. And yeah, you know uh, they're they're all big weekends. But when you when you're playing, you know, State, obviously, it means more. What are you going to do on the mound tomorrow night? We're going to go with uh, Grayson and Saunier, and so uh, uh, Grayson pitched against them last week. They're going with the same star as they threw, you know, last week. But they threw, you know, uh, maybe eight or nine pitchers at us. Uh, we will hopefully we w- we won't do that. Uh, but you want gonna let Grayson go a little bit, and hopefully, you know, score some runs and you know, get to pitch some other guys.
7: And then, last thing for you, Mike, you you gave kind of an injury update or a progress update on Hunter Elliott after uh, after the last game over the weekend. For our listeners that may not have heard that or, or read that, can you kind of bring people up to date on where he is in in terms of getting back?
6: Yeah, sure. You know, he's. Uh, just threw another bullpen today, so he's thrown three bullpens, uh, sixty feet six inches off the mound, full speed. Uh, obviously, a lot of throwing and you know ramp up you know time before that. But he threw two bullpens last week. He threw a bullpen today on the game mound. I felt great, looked great. Uh, velocity, everything, you know, seems to be, you know, where where it normally is and he's feeling good. So he'll he'll get another uh, uh bullpen, you know, uh, later this week. Uh or excuse me, he'll throw to live hitters later this week, he'll throw a bullpen uh next week and hopefully um, you know, if all goes well, and again, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, I think he'll pitch in some capacity, you know, that LSU weekend.
7: When you've got a guy that's been a starter, do you feel like you need to keep him in that role even after he's coming back from a long time? Or can you start him out as a reliever and then work his way back to being a starter?
6: It's a it's a great question, uh, and I think just depends on who it is. You know, more than likely, we'll probably start him, but that, that I get our fans overly excited. You know, there's <laughs> only so many pitches, and I don't know what, what that number will be at this point. Uh, but I, I think we probably feel you know, more comfortable starting him than we're leaving him.
7: Thanks so much for your time.
6: All right, Richard. Thank you.
7: That's Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team Mississippi Farm Bureau. So, Ole Miss loses Game 1 this weekend to Arkansas. That was Game 1 of a doubleheader on Friday, uh, good Friday. Arkansas blew it open with a Brady Slavens Grand Slam in the uh, in the top of the fifth inning. Kind of similar in Game 2, Ole Miss blew it open with a five-run bottom of the sixth inning. And it was highlighted by uh, a three-run home run from Ethan Leger. Groff had a home run early in that inning, and then Leger hit one as well. I think that was all in the same inning. Uh, and then you heard Mike kind of break down the, uh, the Saturday game. Ole Miss had a 3-1 had a to one lead. And, um... Which
4: should have been four because you get picked off at first base and then the next pitch is a walk and then the next batter hits a home run. Hey, we had somebody text us earlier, and I, I forgive me for, for picking on this person, but he said they just don't pitch it well enough. They, they're without their ace. and Mike said it, and he's right. They, they wish that was their only issue. Because yeah. that's going to get solved in two weeks. But th- that's two series now where th- they win two games. They get one more win in college station if they just play clean defense for an inning. Instead, two errors ends up in a grand slam and a loss. Same thing in this game. Don't get picked off at first base. Uh, don't lazily field uh, a single in the outfield and don't throw it in to nobody. And you win that game, too. And you know what the crazy thing is? So, right,
7: they're sitting there at 2 and 10. In, in the SEC through through four weeks. Two, two wins. And you can go back to the Florida series and you go, okay, they should have gotten one there. Yeah. Should have gotten one in College Station. And maybe should have won the series. That's three more wins. And if you move those to the win column out of the loss column and you're five and seven... I mean, you want to talk about feeling differently about a team and about everything that's in front of you, but you don't get to do that, right? I mean, you either finish in first place or in second place in these games, and they finished in second place ten times in uh, in SEC play. So long way to go. Uh, thanks to Mike Bianco for joining us. We'll be right back.
0: What we're going to do right here is go back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi.
7: You know, this may be kind of a Captain uh, cat- Obvious me. statement. But I think it is incredibly accurate. Hunter, longtime texter on the ceasefire text line in Columbus. He says this weekend is huge in Starkville. Yup.
3: And yeah, we said we said it before you got here. The loser of this is not going to Hoover.
4: This is a loser leaves town series. And I mean of course old Miss will be leaving Starkville you know it's a in expression. a steel cage loser leaves town though i mean that that's what it feels like the the math is against whoever loses the series i mean you can play great baseball and still mathematically i mean maybe you'll get to hoover but are you hanging any banners for making the sec tournament so as the 11 or the 12 seed right so the the math is oh. heavily against them for making the tournament that everybody truly cares about the results in
3: Ole Miss is two and ten.
4: I'm smelling so if a bit they of lose sarcasm this series,
3: there. <laughs> Ole Miss is two and ten. If they lose the series, are three and twelve. Chances are, even with Hunter Elliott back, you're losing the series to, to, to LSU. You're four and you're four and uh, do the math, Brian. Four and fourteen. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough. And and for state, even even if state wins the series. We talked about it earlier. State really needs—I mean, I think 13 wins. This is a year. Is it, this is a year where the SEC as good as it is? 13 wins, going 13 and 17 might might be enough to get you into a regional. You may have three seats somewhere, but you might be in. But that means you have to go 10 and 8, 10 and 10 and 8 the rest of. The, that's going to be tough. You get, you got to win the series. You really need to sweep if you're State. Ole Miss obviously could use a sweep just because they could use it, but. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I'd be amazed if either team swept this weekend.
7: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know that either of these teams have shown enough consistently to make you think that they can walk into that ballpark and win all three games. Um,
3: On the other side of that coin though, Richard, we have seen enough for these teams to make you think they could, they could walk into that ballpark and give away all three games.
7: Yeah, you're right. You're You're absolutely right. I mean... Look right now, I mean if you're thinking about the SEC tournament and teams that are going to be, I mean 12 of the 14 go. Vanderbilt's going. They're 11 and 1. South Carolina's going. They're 9 and 2. Kentucky's 9 and 3. Florida's 9 and 3. Those four teams we know I, I okay, we don't know. But it would be shocking if any of those four teams didn't make it. Arkansas, they're going to be there. That's five. LSU is going to be there. That's six. I think Texas A&M is playing better. That's seven. Okay, so that's half of your field. That That's seven of the 14 teams in the league, which means you've got five spots left for the combination of Tennessee at five and seven that does not look like a very good baseball team right now. I know they're talented. I know they're talented. They're not playing very good baseball right now. Missouri, who's 4 and 8. They've they've come back to earth after their season opening sweep. Yeah. Georgia, who's 3 and 9, and managed to win two Got games from win. Kentucky in a doubleheader. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that, huge. Right? They were sitting there at 1 and 9 and they they won two on Sunday. Mm. And then over in the west, it's Alabama and Auburn, both at 4 and 8. Mississippi State, by the way, now has a tiebreaker over Alabama. So Mississippi State at 3-9, and nine, and Ole Miss at 2-10. and ten. So you've got those seven teams, three from the east and four from the west, that are playing for the last five spots in Hoover. And again, a lot of baseball to play. 18 games left in the regular season. But based on what we've seen through four weekends, I mean, don't you think Tennessee wins enough to get to the conference tournament? There's so much talent on that roster, especially on the mound.
3: You would think, yeah.
7: Okay, so now you're down to four spots for six teams. I don't know about Missouri and Georgia. I don't know about Alabama and Auburn. I mean, I tend to think that Alabama and Auburn kind of scratch around and win enough here and there that they get to you know, 9, 10, 11 wins in the league, something like that, that's enough to get you there. But think about the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, which, in fairness, Mississippi State didn't get there last year, and we're like, "What? What are we? What, what's going on?" Yeah, we're, we're talking and, about and qualifying the winner, for the conference tournament, not getting to the postseason, even.
3: Yeah, and the winner of this this series this weekend isn't guaranteed anything. No, I mean if State wins the series. They're 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 five and ten. I mean,
7: right. that's not, right. you know. With a murderer's row ahead. Yeah. A murderer's row ahead, but a little momentum and a little healthier and starting to get some belief, especially offensively. I thought this weekend was huge yeah. for Mississippi State to go and, and get two. And the way they got two, right? They win the yeah. first one. They don't play well in the second one, right? Walks. Yeah. They pitch ruled. it particularly well. Walk. They get run-ruled, and boom, they bounce back, and they find a way to win the third game.
3: Okay. And they had to come from behind to do that in that game too. They were down. What was it? Like it was four three. Four
7: three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like crazy
4: down. Yeah.
7: No,
3: no, but I mean trailing but still in the middle of the game, losing. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah.
4: It's a, it's hard to fathom. I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. He was like, "What are you guys going to do if both teams keep sucking?" And I said, "A lot of spring football." <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's that. We'll talk a lot of football, NFL drafts coming up. I mean, we'll make do, we'll be fine. But it's it's hard to wrap your mind around it being this bad. I mean, this is a year. I know they just won a series, but this is a year and a half for state, and almost just won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And and this is the conversation we're having. And it's and, and, hard to believe that it's happening. And and. You know, it it really is hard to believe that it's
7: happening in the way that it happened two years in a row, right? I mean, because, what, Mississippi State fans win a national championship. They're like, you know what, I don't care what happens next. We just won a title. And then you go through the season that they had a year ago, and you're like, well, I I didn't necessarily mean that.
3: (laughs) You you say that because you think, well, the worst that could happen is we'll just be in a regional next year. Yeah. You you don't ever in your wildest dreams think you're going from national champion to last place. Yeah losing record
7: that's exactly right and and now you're dealing it with old miss as well and i mean I, I think you know there's there's plenty of grace that is being extended from Ole miss fans right now to this team and to mike bianca I, that crowds were still pretty good especially considering the weather and easter weekend and and all of those things and and look i mean kind of like for mississippi state i think you said a weekend ago hey dad that you know For Super Bulldog weekend, the crowds are going to be great. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, had Mississippi State lost the series at Alabama and they lose a series to Ole Miss, after that it might get a little sparse. But at least for now, there's momentum again. Look, crowds next weekend for Ole Miss when they host LSU are going to be really good. That's the weekend with the Morgan Wallen concert, and and then the weekend after that is is double-decker weekend, so there are going to be good crowds the next two weekends, regardless kind of of what happens. But they need to win. Need to win some games.
4: Just to recapture some momentum. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you, you they, they need to go into the portal and get pitchers now. Because, again, Rebos has been better. Quinn's been better. San, Sanye's shown some things. But you, you need help you're going to lose how many guys in the field as well? I mean, eligibility's running out on some of these dudes. For all this? You're going to have to replace your middle eight. infield. No, eight. All, all eight positions Are players. completely out of eligibility?
7: No, not out of eligibility. Kemp is going to get drafted. Ethan Groff, yeah. out of eligibility. McCants is going to get drafted. At, at, at some level, um, LeJay will get drafted. At, at some level, Gonzalez is going to be a first or second rounder. Yeah. Shotney is a senior. Colarco is a grad transfer, and Calvin Harris is going to get drafted. All eight position players. Certainly seven position players.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, third third and and right, it may be so late that it may not be worth it.
7: Yeah, but for some guys when they've been around college yeah. baseball long enough, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go give pro ball a shot and see what happens. C-SPIRE text line, 601-879-4395. Drafted. Yeah. Yeah, drafted. Come on, you you, you remember. You say those guys aren't shoe-ins to get drafted. There. Look, Calvin Harris is getting drafted. He's a good defensive catcher that hits. Gonzalez is a first or second rounder. I didn't say Chatagnier was getting drafted. He's a senior. I guess he's got a year of eligibility left if he wants it. Calarco's out of eligibility. Groff is out of
4: eligibility. Alderman is going to get drafted on raw power. He hits the ball. I know it's a metal bat, but he hits the ball harder than the overwhelming majority of major league baseball players.
7: And then with McCants and Leje, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it goes with them. We'll see.
4: Leje, by the way, realize. had a
7: good weekend swinging the bat. He did. He had he had his best weekend since putting on an Ole Miss uniform, and I don't know that it's even particularly close. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next.
0: It's sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You
5: like this show, huh? Yeah.
0: Super Talk Mississippi.
7: They took Easter weekend off at M Trade Park in Oxford, but starting this weekend, it is five straight weekends of baseball tournaments. Go to the events page, the schedule page at mtradepark.com to see what is coming up. 126 teams this weekend for the Whipsy Dipsy Doo Baseball Tournament. Next weekend, you've got the Double A Charlie Hustle Tournament. Then it's the Doing the Double Decker NIT Tournament. 102 teams signed up for that. You've got a, a regional NIT event the following week, and then uh, May 12th, uh, a tournament, a tournament happening uh, that weekend as well. So five straight weekends of baseball tournaments. If you're involved in scheduling your team's uh, events, then uh, be sure to check out the page, the schedule page at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play mtrade. Wow, guys, feels like the show's going fast today. Hmm. I wonder why. Hey, Dad, I thought I'd get a giggle out of you for that.
3: The, the closer, Richard Cross, there gets that last inning of work.
7: You can uh, you can always join us on the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Sports Talk, Mississippi, brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. We talk about. All the time, the collegiate collection, not the golf collection. Their shorts and their golf shirts are absolutely fantastic, and uh, you'll feel good. They are cool. They are moisture wicking performance material, and uh, they help you look your best uh, whether it's on the golf course or headed to the lake or the pool or just hanging out around the grill. Whatever it uh, it is, did uh, you can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Did you guys do a uh, cooking recap? Did I miss that earlier? We did not. All right. We we need to do that. Uh, It's brought to you by our friends at uh, Polks. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. And when you go to the grocery store, look for the Polks meat packaging. If you can't find it, find the manager of the meat department and tell them they need to get Polks because picky people pick Polks. We did not have our food Friday. We did that on Thursday, but we reminded you that we would have a a quick review. Hey, Dad, you got to tell me about those pork chops. You sent us a picture. And goodness yeah. gracious, did they look good? How did they taste? They came out. They came out real good.
3: I was I was very pleased. You know, uh, I know you were you you were you were wondering about them. So yeah, they, they came out really really well. The family enjoyed them, and uh, the sides were good. And uh, yeah, it was a good it was a, it was a good meal.
5: There you go. Uh, yeah. Last chance
3: I have to cook the next couple of weeks too. So
5: yeah, I'm, uh, what's I'm going on the next couple of it. weeks?
3: Well, this weekend, Super Bulldog. I got I got no free time for that.
7: I mean, you don't have a grill then, that you can uh, use at home. Like, you're not going to spend the night at home.
3: <sighs> I mean, I'll be, I'm gonna be, you know, working and stuff. And then next weekend, I'll be, uh, I'll be out of town. So.
7: There you go, Borky. How did the Masters Easter brunch turn oh, out? Oh, it turned out
4: great. I mean, it, it's simple stuff. Sure, you know? but nothing beats a pimento cheese with bacon on it. Mm-hmm. Also. Ooh, and I added bacon. some uh, banana peppers Some thinly sliced banana peppers Kay. And it was really good I was j- I just looked in the fridge And was just picking stuff that I had And just putting it on And I had four pimento cheese sandwiches Throughout the course of Well spread out Two pre-nap So I took that like mid-morning Master's nap before the leaders tee off yeah. Like 30-45 minutes yeah. It's the best nap ever you're just soothed by the music, and then you wake up right as the broadcast is starting, and then I ate two more. Good for you. We, um,
7: I, I told you we were up in the air on the uh, the plans for Easter lunch. The uh, it, it turned into brunch. Now, we didn't eat until almost two. So we had church service that ended at 12, 12, 10, something like that, and we're like 12.30 leaving and we went out to in-laws' house. It took a little while to get out there and get everything going. So it was a little later, but we did... Uh, breakfast casserole you know the sausage and egg and bread and all that good stuff rolled together and cheese grits and fresh fruit and biscuits and there's like strawberry shortcake for dessert it was it was good i don't know if that's like traditional easter lunch i I feel like for easter you can kind of do whatever you want to do
5: yeah
7: and uh yeah it it, it kind of felt soul foody. i mean it was good just like really hit the spot Easter has a lot more
3: flexibility than Christmas and Thanksgiving. You, you can you really can do what you like on Easter.
7: That's fair. Hope uh, you and your family and your friends enjoyed a uh, a nice Easter weekend as uh, as well. Uh, are we done with the bad weather? Like, have we gotten all the like the rain and the rain, and the rain out of here?
3: Let's, first off, don't jinx it. You know, don't ask. Are we done? But it, it is trending in the right direction for this weekend and beyond.
7: Okay, hey, Dad, when, when we talked about the warm snap a few weeks ago, you said, mm-hmm. ah, we got one more cool snap coming. Was what we just endured, was that the cool snap that you were talking about and it's now in the rearview mirror? I hope so. I do too. Forecast this weekend for Starkville, Friday, 81, some morning sh- Or Is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 81 with some morning showers. They'll get out of here on Friday, Saturday, high of 87. Sunday, high of 76. Beautiful. Looks pretty good to me. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Enjoy your Monday night. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Mm -hmm. Have a great night.